Welcome to Driving with Cobra. This is Friday the 13th, part two. For those of you listening to the last episode, I uh, just finished with hanging out with my gaming group at Mike's character creation for an upcoming role-playing game we're going to be playing, which means we didn't actually play. So we docked out and hang on now, worked off characters. But the irony being, it sounds like we're not going to get to uh, actually play until something like uh, Black Friday, uh, which, for those of you not in the U.S., is the day after Thanksgiving, which is somewhere in the eight ballpark of like six weeks from now. Oh, that's adult life for you. This just you're so busy. But uh, yeah, um, it's uh, 9.44 in the evening, and we're in for a drive of about 29 30 minutes, although I am planning to pause to toss a little gas in here. Not that we'll be talking during the gassing, probably, because otherwise people would stare at me. Because, uh, you know, who's going to take their phone with them and talk outside in the middle of nowhere? Well, at the pump at a gas station. That's a way to get stared at. Don't want to do that. All right. But that's okay. Uh, we are coming up some railroad tracks here and drive on over. See if this little gas station right here is open. Kind of a so earlier we were talking about Friday the 13th, which led to all sorts of conversations about like ticks. Uh, not like the bug, but like the thing that happens when people talk. So what are we going to talk about now? What are we talking about tonight? Part two. What we're talking about right now is that I'm about to put some gas in my car. Quick. And then I'll get back in here with you. So uh, you know what would be funny? So I just left this running. So you guys just have to listen to all the noises for that. But I'm going to pause this for you while I step out of the car. Be right back. And we're back. Okay, let's do this. Let me bring up my little map here. Okay, you guys should all still be recording in the background. Excellent. Okay, even though I can't see the text, that's modern technology. More so, they tell me. Okay, and if you're driving home, Cobra, why on earth are you using the map? Hey, that's an excellent question, and it's actually a really simple answer. And the answer is that it's nighttime. And one of the freeway exits kind of sneaks up on. After that, it's all pretty straightforward. But, you know, just a little bit of being safe, making my life and uh, kind of fun. It's like a mini map. Who doesn't love a little computer that helps them remember turns and where stuff is? So it's spooky season still, obviously. Month October. And I'm trying to think about the things I liked about it made me remember some of the stuff from when I was a kid. So I'm Gen X. Makes me a little bit older than some of you, uh, depending on how you stumble upon this. So in addition to fun things like growing up at the tail end of the Cold War, which let me tell you, that was exciting. I do feel like that the 80s as a child, well, the 80s and early 90s, was a really exciting time. We didn't have the internet yet. And the internet is its own bag of worms. Uh, I, I love the internet, all the coolness it provides. But at the same time, I don't know that it's like the same as things were before then. Uh, you kind of have these little pockets of culture and experience that were just simply a side effect of where you grew up and where you lived. And while that's still true today, very much so, living in a big city, uh, like a genuine big city, can be a lot different living out in the countryside or in a smaller town because uh, the culture of big cities is different. So the kind of access to stuff and content we put more people in an area is eerily different. But 
back in the 80s, it was even like more so because you had magazines and broadcast television. For those of you kids that are a little too young for that, broadcast television is where we used to shoot entertainment out over the airwaves, much like radio. And you would use an antenna to capture that. And you, you could just watch whatever TV channels you happen to live in an area where they came in. You didn't pay for it, like you do with cable and stuff. It was just kind of how it was. You just had, yeah. And the, the kids had uh, either rich parents or people whose budgets allowed them to get away with it because that was what they prioritized towards. They had cable TV. Which, again, you still have to watch whatever is on at the moment, but instead of having, like, two to five channels, you could have, oh, 50. At least it felt like that. I don't, I don't know how many channels people with cable actually had. I didn't have cable kid, but, uh, anyhow, uh, where I was going with all that is because of that, and I feel like the holidays in a lot of ways were a lot more granular back then than they are nowadays. Because nowadays, if you want to watch holiday stuff, you will watch it any time of the year. You don't have to wait. But back then, you had to wait. And... There were a few things that were like cornerstones of the Halloween experience. In addition to all the candy and all the commercials and stuff that were themed around it come out that time, you get television specials, uh, you know, where, where the networks would pick up the rights to a special, you know, maybe a movie or something that was uh, Halloween themed, like lock, like Ghostbusters come on, you know, ABC or something like that. But you also had uh, special cartoons and stuff that only came on that time. And there were like Halloween specials. They advertised them a few weeks in advance uh, that they, you know, on a certain night, they were going to do this special thing so that you could come watch it. And as a kid, I was extra excited because it'd be stuff like these cartoons you could only see once a year and that may or may not ever hear again. And sometimes they'd be like a recurring special where every year they'd do that in a different version of it or it'd be the same one. And they also would usually be on a weeknight, you know, in the middle of the week somewhere. Wednesday night or something crazy like that. And, and that was exciting too. Usually coming on somewhere around 8 or 9 at night. And sometimes there'd be like a whole block of them. You know, it would be something like a, a CBS Halloween special, an ABC Halloween special. You know, and, uh, sometimes, hold on, I got the noise crap. So it might be the road. Let me just check a couple things. I don't like that noise difference. Got an exit coming up here. Sorry about that, folks. I just got a strange little noise going on, but I'm just going to get off on an exit here to take a look at it. And then we'll uh, get back on the road once I once I know for sure whether or not I'm just having a panic attack. Assuming that there is actually a place to go here. Got a gas station up here. Park one side and take a look at the car. Something sounds fun. All right. I'm going to stop this for the moment. All right. We're back. I uh, had to stop, relax for a moment. We'll see if I edit this part out or not, or if I posted all this. So uh, right now I'm kind of recording for myself, talking to myself. Yeah, I thought I heard like a rubbing noise or a tire noise or something. And uh, so I decided to block uh, That was making me feel a little panicked. To set some context for that, uh, when I was a young man, I had somebody uh, sabotage my car. And uh, one of the wheels, the front driver's side wheel came off my car while I was on the freeway. Pretty terrifying experience, as you might imagine. So yeah, I had a tire come off. Uh, not like, well, I mean, a wheel came off on the tire. Somebody loosened the lug nuts on my car all of them. And a uh, wheel came off on the freeway. Yeah. Uh, pretty sure we know who did it, but, you know, could never prove it. So that's uh, that's that. That's okay. Um, but definitely scary, right? So now we're driving down a route I've never taken. Uh, so the back roads to get home because that was a little bit 
as much but and i'd rather have the tire come off and whoever's not that i think that that's gonna happen i looked at the wheels gave them a good kick didn't see any signs of any damage didn't see anything that looked like so it is what it is, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, safety first, folks. Uh, and, but that's how trauma can affect you. So sometimes, if I hear a road noise or a tired noise or something I don't normally notice, and a lot of times I'm driving music, so you know things sound different than versus when you're talking and you know it's ringing and everything. And I'm by this. that uh, uh, all of a sudden you can feel dread, dismay, all sorts of things going on in your head depending on who you are and what's happening. Like here's a car with its hazards on pulled up on the side of the road. I like to think it's like a delivery guy or something. I don't even know what the speed limit is over here. We're going to pretend it's 40-something. Probably in the ballpark of 35 to 45. Yeah, that's anxiety. That's personal experiences. Even somebody who has like no anxiety or other issues can sometimes deal with situations like that where a certain noise or a smell or a tone of voice can't trigger stuff from your past. Human brains are weird and nobody likes it. Which kind of ties us back though into on a positive side our Halloween thing we were talking about. Yeah, this is a meandering podcast folks. This is one man talking to himself while he drives. So if you are here for a rational discourse you might be in the wrong spot. At least until I get this perfecto. This is more of something to listen to while you sleep. Which means I should have less loud exclamations. Okay. So, when we're talking about uh, memories and recalls there, and how we, in our earlier conversation before the entire stop, is uh, there were memories of those Halloween specials. In particular, ones that stick to my mind. And, of course, there was always a Charlie Brown uh, Halloween special that came out pretty much every year. For all I know, I think you can probably still find it out there somewhere, although with streaming services. It's more likely to pop into the streaming catalog. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, it's the great pumpkin Charlie Brown, I believe is the name. And, uh, even when I was a kid, at first, it would feel like it'd be worth it. Even as I was a kid, it still kind of started to feel a little old-timey. But that was kind of part of its charm. It was in a way that it still felt very genuine in that weird way that Charlie Brown does. And then there were, like, a number of different ones, like Garfield ones. Back in the old days, Garfield, which, for some of you might know, uh, well, actually, younger ones, you might not know at all. Uh, I don't think I don't think Garfield sees as much play as he used to. I don't even know if Jim Davis is, or if Jim Davis is still alive. That's how that comic ends. But Garfield is, you know, a cat who hates Mondays, loves lasagna, and he's uh, sarcastic. And his owner John is a, is a bit of a klutz. And he, his best friend Odie is uh, John's other pet, a dog, who doesn't talk and is dumb. I love him. And um, I remember this Garfield Halloween special where like Garfield was trick-or-treating and at one point there's uh he's singing this pirate song because he's dressed like a pirate for Halloween and I think it was meant to be a little bit like because you know pirates were part of that Halloween ghost monster crew back then you still kind of see them up that way but usually you know like you know there's zombie pirates or ghost pirates or something like that but it was like 50 men were, were lost at sea all of them drunk except for was I who had to brave the storm with nothing in sight to keep me warm. Row, ho, 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 over the rolling seas I go. Row, ho, 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 over the rolling seas. There were several verses along that way as part of this. And that that's kind of like the imagery uh, or the revised imagery. Because you know how your brain is a change. Well, the Garfield walking down the street dressed up for Halloween like a pirate, swinging this like wooden sword around. 
singing this little song. And it's funny because if you think about the the lyrics there, the lyrics as I remember them, all of them junk except for me. I'm pretty sure that nowadays that would not get not be at a children's special. It just kind of makes me think about how the world used to be rougher all around. It used to be, you know, a little more rough around the edges. And that's okay. And nothing wrong with that. It's a different place. It's a different time. That would have been in the specter of so like that's certainly part of it. Uh, okay, well, we were driving a little fast. Now I found an official speed limit. It's now 35. And we are getting close to the turnoff that would join us back up with where it would have gone. And I not gotten off the freeway due to our little bit of panic attack. I'd be having a beer. Grape some whiskey. It's going to be 10 something. So if the, if, if the wife and the kids are settled, and I might sit down, uh, play some games, but we'll, we'll see what kind of time. Yeah, so those holiday specials, that's like, like a cornerstone memory for me. I mean, you had all sorts of them. Uh, there were Halloween ones, um, there were Christmas ones. I feel like there was some smaller tips occasionally at Thanksgiving specials. There were certainly special movie nights and stuff during Thanksgiving where they would put on, and I know I just distracted myself from whatever sentence I was saying, and you folks are just going to have to deal with it. That's okay, you still love it. Yeah, I, I, I love that stuff. And what Halloween candies and drinks do you all love? I feel like there's a few things that are kind of like flavor profile cornerstones for Halloween candy. For instance, peanut butter and chocolate, like the Reese's Pieces, some sort of Reese's Pieces stuff. Uh, or, or Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, actually. I feel like I saw Reese's Pieces themselves more in Halloween. I feel like they're kind of hard to find nowadays. I mean, they're basically something between what a regular M&M and a peanut butter M&M is, you know, in that strange zone. But a peanut butter cup is definitely. And sometimes you'd have like these poppy shaped ones, go shaped. That's a classic. Um, but I think my favorite Halloween candy, to be honest, Tootsie Roll Pops. Yeah, it's good instead Tootsie Roll Pops. Love those. And that, well, the Tootsie Rolls. Tootsie Pops were also good. Uh, like a lollipop of Tootsie Rolls stuff. But just good old classic Tootsie Rolls. It's like a chocolatey, taffy kind of flavor. Just got enough chew, but it's a little resistant. That's delightful. Think about it, folks. Uh, what were your favorites? Just like those little caramel squares, the ones come wrapped in a little bit of little bit of plasticky cellophane. It's a little difficult to unwrap and get to, and they always stick to your teeth. The kind you only see. Do you like candy corn? Candy corn? I mean, if you ask me, it tastes like it's made from wax or ears wax, and then it's been painted colors, and then there was some sugar dumped in at the last minute. I know some people absolutely, but I personally, oh my gosh, cannot stand it. Uh, but again, thankfully, a candy that's mostly only seen during Halloween, but even so, I feel like it pretty much just Now, as a kid in the 80s, there were some high-value ones that you love to see from those parents that were kind of renegade, because Pops are Pop Rocks, kind of had a bad rap back then. You know, oh no, if your kid eats Pops Rocks and drinks a soda pop at the same time, they'll die. Which, pretty sure it's not true. Pretty sure I knew kids who tried that out. I, mean, I think making my kid an upset stomach from that much gas, but that's about it. I think the theory was that your stomach would explode. That kind of children lore that existed back in the day. Oh man, Pop Rocks. More of an experience than a kid. Yeah, there's sweetness and you're getting sugar out of it, but just kind of a little vibrations against your teeth and the noise sitting there with your, your brothers or whatever or your sisters do you have brothers do you have sisters i have a twin brother and a half brother and i had a step brother 
who was younger, and uh, and a little stepsister. So a lot of my Halloween memories, because my mom and stepdad aren't so big, weren't so big into Halloween. They were that kind of Brady Christian where they found Halloween and oh, it's the devil stuff and it's all this. But actually, most Halloween rituals like can you know all that just kind of the general celebration of Halloween were actually founded by various Christian Protestant peoples and mostly as a way to keep children busy because they were trying to distract them from various mischief making that kind of came from a fusion of other holiday stuff around that time yeah look it up it's back but hey you know they were against it so my dad take us trick-or-treating which meant that we were at that time during my peak childhood years uh he was uh, married to my ex-stepmom and so i had a stepbrother stepsister time and that stepbrother uh, she he was the best younger than us but that kind of kid brother was close enough age that you could still like play video games and hang out and still kind of appear as opposed to a little little brother i uh, you know a few years younger but not crazy younger and so the me and him eventually had us sitting there with our bags of usually our little sister at that point run off to whatever hidey hole she hid until we eat her candy so we wouldn't try to steal hers. Not that we would normally steal your candy. You know, sisters and brothers. Gosh, I haven't seen those two in decades. I think that's uh, kind of one of the biggest crimes with a parent and a step-parent divorce is that depending on the age and when it happens, as a child you just suddenly lose access to communication with somebody that had become a sibling to you. You know, they were family. My dad wasn't married to this lady anymore. All of a sudden, uh, my brother Shane was gone. I didn't get to see it, but for a couple years, I wrote a journal. And instead of it being Dear Diary, it was uh, Dear Shane. And it was letters I wrote to him that I was hanging on to because obviously I didn't know where to sit. I didn't have anything. So it was like me telling him about my life of what was going on. The thought that sooner or later things would get worked out and you know, we'd be able to get Shane back in our lives. Or, you know, we'd get through those last few years and, you know, then um, we'd be able to you know, meet back up and be family that kind of stuff. But uh, naturally, that, uh, just how it went. Now, nowadays, it might be easier for kids because you've got, you know, social media, smartphones, to get, get your brother's phone number. Or, uh, once upon a time, it's Twitter, but Twitter's basically dead. And so there's X, but that's not very like, well, or it's Facebook or something, you know? And then you'd have a way to, to stay contacted with each other, which I imagine we would have done. And then there wouldn't become this gap that the turns this nothingness that by the time you hear about the years down the road, it's so awkward you kind of have a hard time. Bosh, each other exists with a nod and like, oh, that's cool. But, you know, at that point, you're too grown in a way so that you don't really know the other anymore. You don't have a context. Which I think is a shame. I wish it had been something that we managed to work our way through, but, like, there's probably a good 10, 20 years, more than 10, closer to 20, before I even had an inkling of whatever happened. But even then, I'm afraid of referencing yeah, I think that's the thing uh, my childhood that I missed the most was having my little brother, my kid brother, stolen from me like that. And I don't think I blame my dad. I think he tried for a little bit to be able to see Shade and keep him family. But I think it was hard for him to deal with what my stepmom, my ex stepmom at this point, 
kind she kind of descended into into drugs and not like a oh hey she smokes a little pot and everything more like it's become a big part of her identity you know hooked up with a real scuzzo boyfriend and just kind of which is all the more shape because i meant that that was a life that shape he was dealing with that you know, you're just trying to get a chance and so you know it's bigger periods and bigger periods of time between you being able to see each other then uh Adela just stops happening all of a sudden out of nowhere and yeah that's it one less uh one less brother sitting at the table eating pizza with you which all of a sudden with there being two of us instead of three of us less 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 activities and stuff because dad doesn't have a small little bob to think it's just just the two like every like everything's a little different to that wow you know i haven't thought about that in a long time um uh, that's that's happening that's that's reminding me of those cool things it's like you know like a, a child i remember another random halloween memory is going trick-or-treating and during the night at one point dad stops with us at some friend's house no idea who's friend is but the house felt big. But I'm a kid, and I don't have a frame of reference about it. It could have been a normal house. But this friend had a pretty nice front room area with a big, big old giant project, rear projection screen TV. Which, for those of you who don't know now, back in the old days, it, big screen TVs were not common at all because most TVs were CRT tubes. So a big screen TV would be super heavy. on the and rear projection technology was the way to get around it. But you have a device that's basically a big cabinet. Uh, but then it's kind of like you have your own little private movie theater. It's at least how it's felt like. I'm sure nowadays some of the uh, screen TVs you can get for a fairly reasonable price will put up the shame. But yeah, so you have that. And then it was what, uh, an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation was on. So we kind of got us just plop down and pull up watching because we love that show. And it was the episode of Star Trek The Next Generation where the Enterprise is escorting delegates to some sort of conference. And one group of the delegates are these like snake-like aliens, and the other ones are these kind of cat-like, rat-like alien things. And they're they're like hunting each other and fighting throughout the ship in kind of these dim lit hallways, not like a big old gunfight and stuff like that. But like one of the delegates goes missing, and it turns out the other group ate him. And uh, meanwhile, there's this like gas cloud that they fly into. And that's like all the meat plot. The heat plot is uh, all about them flying into this gas cloud where these energy being things are. And uh, something happens to Captain Picard. And I think his consciousness gets swapped with that of some weird alien thing. And then he decides he's going to go try out this grand adventure. Like it's one of those episodes you look back and you're like, I don't know if the heat plot of this makes any sense. And here I am trying to remember over the story while trying to the dark at night, folks. So, you'll have to forgive me for me. But, uh, I don't remember the name of it. But we're talking, it's a season one episode because Tasha Yar is still in the crew. And me, again, that's, that's the era. So, I'm a, this must be the early to mid 80s, back when TNG first launched for that to be, yeah, been on television at the time. Yeah, so there's another Howie memory. Me, me, me Kyle, and Shane. And, and the, it, he can't eat from watching Star Trek while dad's, I don't know, kept getting a beer with his buddy or whatever they would do. Oh, you know who his buddy was? No, I don't know why we're there. No other context. Because those aren't the important parts that you remember as a kid now. You remember the big TV and the Star Trek and the candy. Uh, that was about the same era in which McDonald's was simply being in it on various stuff you could get from them. I mean, you know, there was the food and everything like that, but it was like peak consumerism. 
and McDonald's was like on their A game and taking advantage of this era. And like every time that a really banger movie was coming out, they had these limited edition cups you could get from them and you had two parents want to collect them all from like Star Wars and Indiana Jones and other stuff like that. And they'd have these uh, uh, specialty uh, Happy Meal toy kits that were like all the rage. Like there was this summer one where it was like a sand bucket and a beach ball and all these other beach themed toys and all the kids wanted it. Like it was I mean, you're on it. And that would have been right around the same time, too. That that had to be within a certain period of a, of a particular <laughs> couple of years of childhood where uh, my dad and my, at the time, stepmom, that was before they divorced, were living in a particular apartment complex, and there was, like, a pool there, and they had cable TV, and, yeah, like, video games like Rygar were out. Dragon's Lair, the cartoon, was on the USA Network, <laughs> And there was this cartoon called, like, Tiger Sharks, which was like a low-budget, underwater, alien adventure show that was kind of trying to be what, like, a, like, a, like, a, try to capture the glory of what, like, Thundercats was doing. Oh, man, talk about a different time. All right, folks, well, I'm home. It is 1022. It's like my computer. I'm surprised it's not asleep. But let me get the sleep timer basically off. Uh, let's take a look here. How long was all that? Well, this was a 34-minute recording. We took a couple of stops and we took an alternate route. But thank you all for listening. I don't know what this is going to sound like when I edit it. This has been Driving with Cobra. I'm Cobra. Thanks for meandering through some memories with me. And I'll catch you next time. Thanks, Maps. Thanks, everyone. Bye.